When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, what a goal! Danny Alley. King goes for it! Oh, what a goal from Harry Kane! Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they did it! I cannot believe it! Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very safe and well. Thank you for joining us on yet another Europa Conference League night. I will never get used to saying that. I never want to get used to saying that. Um, Spurs beaten by one goal to nil against Vitesse. We're going to get into that. If you're listening to the show for the very first time, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, or on Audio Boom, or across a range of different audio platforms. We are, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs, or on Facebook and Instagram too. As we keep on saying this season, for better or for worse, we're also live on YouTube. And this is the time we don't want to be live on YouTube. I'm being brutally honest with you. Um, I've got three great guests joining me. First up, making his debut this evening. What a time to make your debut in the last one of Spurs. We've got the great Jar Wobble joining us. Jar, lovely to have you here. How are you? Uh, well, I'm not happy with Tottenham, but I, I really am, I'm afraid to say, you know. Especially these days, Jar. When are we ever happy with Tottenham? Well, that's it. and to, the worst thing about tonight, I'm certain 95% of Spurs fans expected exactly what we got. Um, you know, a team more intense than our second string could handle. You know. Yeah. No, I think that's fair to say. That's how we're going to get into the game itself. Also pleased to have back on the show. Um, he was on a couple of weeks ago, giving us a lot, a lot of optimism. We've got the great Darren Hartman back on the last one on Spurs. Darren, how are you? Are yes, sir. Darren now? yes, and I'm good. Too. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm here. I'm going to try my best <laughs> to find a positive angle on what we've just been through. I'm going to try my best. Yeah, another therapy session, Darren. What are we doing to you, eh? Putting me through my work. You're making me earn it. You're making me earn it quite literally. I'd also please have him back on the show. Uh, one of our regulars on the last one on Spurs, we've got the great John Wenham over at Lee White Rose. John, lovely to have you here. Sorry to put you through this. How are you? Yeah, well, I'm not too bad. Thanks for having me back on. It's great to be on with you guys tonight. And I'm just uh, a lot to get into tonight. I think there's a lot of uh, realism that needs to come from a lot of the players in the squad tonight. And maybe they need to 
buck up their ideas a little bit. We've been very underwhelmed by numerous Europa Conference League performances already this season, and tonight was no different. And, you know, there's been reports that Nuno's got a preferred 11 for the league and a, and a second 11 for Europe. But those second 11 players didn't do anything tonight to ask the question, boss, why aren't I in the first team? Very disappointing night. George, John, we'll start with you because um, that was a game that you, like we put out there. You know, that Nuno was clearly willing to sacrifice, you know, the first eleven given his squad selection. But the players that you mentioned there, John, that were starting, they should have been able to do much better. You feel in terms of what we've got on that pitch there. And again, it was a case of Spurs' second string being very, very poor. I think the most damning thing about it is that I've got to be honest, John, that didn't come as a massive surprise to me. Did it come as a surprise to you? I've made the point multiple times that our away record in Europe when we're not in the Champions League is, is absolutely appalling. I mean, you think of just this year, we lost at Pacos. Um, last year, we lost to Antwerp. We drew with Lask. We've lost to Dinimo Dinipro. We've lost, I've got a list of them here, Ghent. We've lost to Zagreb. You know, the list goes on and on and on. The players just don't seem to get up for it when it's not on the biggest stage in the Champions League. And, you know, then you have to question the hunger and attitude of the players because, these guys that are coming in, the likes of Lo Celso, who goes away and puts in very good performances for Argentina. Um, Deli Ali, you know, who's done great things for Tottenham in the past. Ben Davis has got multiple caps for, for Wales at the international level. You know, these are the guys you want to rally around some of the younger players and encourage them and put in strong performances and press their claims to be saying, boss, why not in the first team? But they just haven't done that. And it's as though they go through the motions on these away European trips. And I feel most sorry for our travelling fans who, again tonight, despite multiple COVID restrictions, having to do multiple tests that cost a lot of money, travelled in great numbers, supported the team very well. We heard that through the telly. Um, and they've just been left shortchanged again, in effect. You know, really poor first half. It was a very exciting first four minutes of the second half where we offered more than we did in the entire first half, uh, where Brian Yield had that fantastic effort first time on his left foot, rattled the crossbar. Apart from that, Tottenham offered very, very little. Um, and it's just a shame because... Had we drawn that game, it wouldn't have been a terrible result because we'd rested all 11 first-team players for the West Ham fixture. We would have then taken a point at Wren, taken a point tonight, beaten Mora, and we would have left it very comfortably in our hands to top the group with two home games to come and Mora away, who I think are very, very poor. But now we've left ourselves you know, a little bit more work. So I still think we'll, we'll win our remaining games and I still think we'll top the group. But it's just very unenjoyable tonight to watch those players that we expect more from, to press their claims to be in that first team, just not doing it. And, and I just feel, as I said, most sorry for our, our support who've travelled in great numbers again and been let down. Darren, let's come over to you. Um, interestingly, after the game, Nuno says, I don't consider it this way. A football match is always a chance to compete. And he was responding there to comments that might suggest that some of the players might be demotivated by playing in this competition. Now, um, Michael Bridge, a very good friend of the show, I, I agreed with what he said after the game. He said that the sad truth is you won't find many Spurs fans who are surprised by that result. You know, the 11 left at home further, I think, cemented their place in that first team. And it's unbelievable Spurs as I kept on saying this throughout the summer, I know Michael also was an advocate of this, that we don't have an alternative striker, a senior alternative striker. And for the sake of some of those players that are out there, you've got to say that maybe the likes of Deli Ali, Harry Winks, you know, these guys, they need a new challenge for the sake of their own careers. I mean, what did you make of that performance and the result for Tottenham on the night? Um, Performance-wise, it was a shocker. It was an absolute shocker. It was a stinker of a performance. And for me, when you talk about hunger and desire, for me, if you're that 11, you want to be in that first 11. You don't want to be on that trip. You want to be at home and you want to be getting ready for the West Ham game. So if you're there, when people talk about being demotivated, I can't give you that. Because for me, that's your motivation. You're in a shop window going, Gaffer, I don't want to be on this next trip. I need to be back with the others. So I'm going to show you why. 
here is my moment. This is my 90 minutes. There's no one on the bench because when you look at the bench, you don't go, oh, Harry's there, Son's there, XYZ's there. So if we're not playing well, we're going to get dragged off and those guys are going to show us how to do it. It's now your game. It's your game, Delhi, to step up. It's your game, Lascelles. So it's, it's the game where you pull yourself together and show us what you're made of. Like, none of them can complain to be benched at the weekend. None of them have got to complain. And for me, if you ain't showing that desire, that's my concern. And for me, I'm a Spurs fan going, when you put that shirt on, no matter who you're playing against, you should want to give us a performance. And as we said there, the travelling fans got absolutely shortchanged because no one had their heads up, really. I can, I can maybe look at two or three players who gave me a little something. But it's about what you're, what you're showing the club. And for me as a manager, I'm looking at that going, I made the right choice in leaving the others at home because you guys clearly are not ready to be in that first team. Don't argue with me at training because when you're training, I know people talk about the team looked a bit disjointed and they looked like they hadn't played together before. When you play football and you're doing training, that 11 is playing against our first 11. So they are playing together. They understand each other. They're learning with each other every day on that training pitch. So they shouldn't be foreign to each other in a game like today. But they looked very much like they didn't know what they were doing. And that's down to them. I can't put that on the manager. I've got to look at the 11. Yeah, George, Darren, it's hard to disagree with a lot of you're saying there. I think in the past that we do often go at the manager. But, you know, at some point, the players have got to take a huge amount of responsibility. They are the ones on the field. Um, they are the living selected. And like you said there, I just think that should be their motivation. Like you said there tonight, you know, they don't want to be in this game. They want to be preparing for a West Ham away game where they want to raise their game. They want to show their class in the Premier League at the best competition in the world, mate, maybe some would argue. Uh, Jar, let's come over to you. And I feel so sorry to be putting you through this on your debut. So please um, accept my apologies. But um, with the group and the fixtures to come, you know, I still think, Jar, that starting 11 there was more than good enough, you know, to go and get a result tonight. But, you know, some of these senior players, they're showing exactly why they're nowhere near Nuno's Premier League starting 11. You know, there was no, for me on the night, when you look at it, there was no real sustained pressure, no real comfy spells of possession, there's no real goal threat. You know, we're constantly crowded out because of a severe lack of movement off the ball. And just overall, it was such a pretty grim watch. And um, Can you give us any kind of hope? Or is it just a case that, you know, this 11 there, what we see, is a fringe 11? And we have to ultimately accept that this team that's been meshed together are all just, like I say not that particularly interested in this particular competition? We've gone backwards. Um, obviously, we've gone backwards in terms of recruitment. We've lost Dembele, Dembele and we lost Ericsson. And we've got Low Celso and Endembele. Now, Endembele might just, please God, be starting to come good. Played very well up at St. James um, on uh, at the weekend. Low Celso, who I really like the look off at Betis. You look at all the YouTube uh, cameos of him really looked the part looked like a very versatile guy a player as he shows with Argentina but with Tottenham I'm starting to get very frustrated with him he comes into the game in fits and starts as John said you know he was very involved when we had that good five minutes early on in the second half when Gil hit the bar and 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 uh Bergwin was played through and just made a terrible decision to turn and run into into the defence rather than take the guy on the outside to fall back, you know. Um, we've lost Lamella and Sissoko, who would have made all the difference on a night like tonight, you know. They would, they probably wouldn't have won it for us, but they, they might have prevented us from losing it, you know. So we've, we've gone backwards in lots of respects. Uh, I can't really fault the, the, the manager, you know. I think he's done the right thing. He has to, you know... You're going to fall in between two stalls if you put out 
you know, a half-strong side tonight because you come against West Ham, that's going to be a very tough game at the weekend. So you've got to have you you've got to have the team well prepared for that. I think the key area for me um, was in the holding positions in the, in the, in the two central midfielders, Winks and Lo Celso. They were losing so many 50-50s tonight, you know. Um, at Winks, and I agree with you, Ricky, I think Winks and Ali have to go. Ali Kane from Milton Keynes, he's dropped right off. And he looks like, I'm not, and I'm, I don't think he's not trying. I think it's too easy to say the players aren't trying. I think he needs, he, he actually looks as if he could be back at Milton Keynes. It, I'm not sure he even looks championship level at the moment, yeah? I'm sorry, you know, yeah, and I don't mean yeah. I don't mean to pick on the guy. You know, I think he's yeah. a good, he's been a great player, but he was always a bit neither fish nor fowl for me. I was never quite sure what Ali's best position was, you know, and I think he benefited by having players like Ericsson around him, and was I think people didn't suss Ali out with those runs, late runs into the box. I yeah. think now they've got him sorted. The other thing, and I won't, I'll shut up after this. Dane Scarlett should be out on. Look what happened with Skip last well, year. Went out yeah. on loan, he's come back mm. a man. It's no, I don't, uh, yeah, this I, is I the, think this is crazy. what you think about this? I think, I, I want to get your point on that, Jar. You know, what you said about Dane Scott there, this kid for me should be nowhere near being involved in these games. He should be, like you said, out on loan, learning his trade, playing against the men in the championship, the League One, getting that experience like Harry Kane did. I think we forget Harry Kane had six or seven loans before he came back to Tottenham and eventually got going. I don't know what we expect from Dane at the moment. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of criticism for Dane Scholar, but I feel the kid is being unfairly put in the 11 at the moment because we have to give Harry Kane a rest. But he's being out muscled. He's yeah. playing and, and he's mm. compounded because he's playing with a team that are not getting the ball to him. Totally not, lack of service. There, yeah. There's a lack of service. There's a lack mm. of, of imaginative movement around him. You know, yep. I mean, tonight, come on, move the bloody ball. You know, yeah. just move it. There's times you could just play one touch and two touch football the Tottenham mm. way. But yeah. instead, no, run with the ball. Well, come on, move the ball. You know, yeah. there were times players were available wide. Just ping it out to immediately switch it quicker. Get on it. And I thought it was too sleepy. Very frustrating to watch, you know. Yeah. Um, interesting. I know we said, obviously, a lot of it is on the players, but um question on the screen there, just in terms of the manager, this is from Nathan Evans. It says, tonight shows that Levy stuffed up by not bringing Conte in. I'm sorry, Nuno, but his P45 is coming. Uh, Levy has screwed us too many times. I think what we have to bear in mind is that, you know, tonight, um, come around to you, John, it is a Europa Conference League night. And therefore, in terms of the priority for Tottenham, in terms of competitions, I think we have to say this one is fairly down the pecking order. But having said that, what was picked up by one of the listener questions here, um, and the question came in from Josh T, who says, why are we surprised Nuno not making a sub on Sunday and they're not bringing on a single player from that game to this one? Sent a very clear signal that these players are a separate group from the main group. And he wasn't taking this game or the opponents seriously. And that's the exact type of performance he got. Yes, the players need to step up despite the messaging from the manager, but we should we be surprised? I don't think so. Do, do you feel, John, in any way, Nuno, does he absolve any blame here or do you think he has to take some responsibility for that 11 and not looking to change the game midway, essentially? No, I don't think Nuno takes any blame at all. I think these players should have some self-dignity and self-respect to step up and perform, if I'm being honest with you. These are players that have performed for us before, that likes of Davis, Delhi were big parts of our Champions League run. They've played in big games at Tottenham and they should have the hunger and desire to want to go and deliver good performances to put themselves in contention. They quite rightly aren't in the starting 11 at the moment for league games because that 11 have done very well. You know, the 1-2 on the bounce with four points off top. Um, there's lots of talk about Tottenham about a bad season, blah, blah. We're one point behind Liverpool where everyone's raving about. So I think there needs to be some realism here. 
Um, that Nuno's actually doing a relatively good job. I find the constant calling for him to be out or questions over him very unfair, actually, for a guy that's managed eight league games, winning five. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that's a little unfair. Just on um, Dane Scarlett, can you just repeat that for us? As far as you're aware, he's not able to go out on loan. Is that your understanding of the situation? Yeah, that's just the rule. The Premier League rules are, um, before you're 17, um, you'd, have, you'd have, he'd be able to go from the 1st of July next year. So that'd be the first period after. He's still only a second-year scholar at the moment, despite signing a professional contract. He's literally too young to go out on loan. Um, yep. So it can only start from, from next season. Um, and look, maybe from next season, do I think he's ready to go out on loan to a League One club, for example? Absolutely, I do, and be their star, star, you know, star striker at 17, 18 years of age. But at the moment, he's simply too young. So better than him playing in the 23s, which he's proved he can do, playing in the 18s, which is too easy for him, in effect. Um, I'd rather he was playing in this competition and training every day with the likes of Harry Kane, Huminson and Lucas Moura and developing his skills from those guys. Do you know also, Darren, coming over to you, I think, again, when you have a night like this, it, it's very hard to try and find perspectiveness because, again, Spurs, you know, November 2017, Spurs are beating European champions in Real Madrid 3-1. May, 20, May 2019, Spurs are reaching the Champions League final and then October 2021, Spurs are sitting at the moment third of the Conference League, scrapping away for qualifications against a side. In reality, let's be honest about it, um, there shouldn't really be much of a competition there, but there is. Is it hard sometimes to find a balance when we've had such a decline over the last couple of years? It's hard, but it's a reality check. And I think that is what this does for us as Spurs fans. It's a real reality check. We are not the team, the squad. We're not in the situation that we were in when we was in the Champions League final. We have had a mass deterioration. There has been a lot of change in our squad. And it's being real with it. And also being real with the project that we're now facing. This team needs a rebuild. We've all know it. We've all been saying it. And tonight, like tonight, highlight it. Paradici will be sitting there with a notepad going... We need them out. We need to We need to start moving these players out. Where can I start doing the shopping? Where can I start getting them out? Who's on the phone to Newcastle? Do you really want Winks? We can give them to you. Let's make a deal. Like, let's start making these deals happen because we can see where the problems are. And as we say, Dame Scarlett, just on him, he's a great, he's a great prospect, like absolute great prospect. And I think nights like tonight for him are going to be massive learning curves, getting hit hard, getting bullied like he got in moments of today. That is a good learning curve for him. And as he continues to grow, he will hopefully progress into the striker we need. But it also highlights that we need a number nine. He shouldn't have to be fully exposed. We could have mm. gave him 45, taken him off, brought someone else on and have that conversation mm. again. Do you see what happened there, Dane? This is what was going on. So we learning in that way. It shouldn't be Kane coming on, but it should have been someone else. But this is all part of that learning, all part of us as Spurs fans. Just being real. Like, I know people are still talking about, I read the comment about Conte. If Conte came in, He's still got that squad. Like, he let's just be real he about he it. Hasn't He's still got yeah. that squad. He would have done exactly the same thing and rested the 11 that he wanted for West Ham and yeah. played the other. And we're still having the same conversation. So I think we've got to shift our heads away from looking at our, our manager and giving him grief. I laugh whenever I see the league table right now because people are talking about how bad our season is, how yeah. rubbish yeah. we are. We're fifth, ladies and gentlemen. We're fifth yeah. playing oh, appallingly. Four points off the top. I mean, it's and a couple of points, you know, you look at it really, you know, we're above Man United. And listen, I'm not saying that everything's perfect with you, because know, it's no. not. And there's still a lot of work to be done. And we yeah. know, as you said there, Darren, it is a it is a rebuilding process. So it does feel like we're in this rebuild for a number of years. And I hope yeah. we will get out of it at some point, this, this transitional period. Um, Joel, let's come over to you. Um, Nuno, as we know, he made a total of 11 changes to this game. We saw the lights of Galini come in between the sticks for Lloris. We saw Tanganga, Roden, Sanchez, Davis getting the nod in defence. Um, he kept faith with that 4-2-3-1 formation, which he utilised in recent weeks. We saw um, Harry Winks, the Celso make up that midfield two. Steven Bergvine, Deli Ali, 
Brian Hill as the attacking trio. Just playing ahead of them was Dane Scarlett, of course. We saw youngsters, Dylan Marcandy, Noel John, Jack Clark, Brooklyn Lions, Foster, um, named on the bench. And I think that just shows you the nature of the squad he took there. Was there any real surprise for you, Jar, that he didn't go a bit stronger? Would have filled a, a more couple no, of uh, no, uh, no, I think I saw some stuff on Twitter um, that there was some announcement or something had been made um, about the training. And I thought straight away, right, he's made his decision early that he's, you know, the West Ham game's a big game. He's starting, to, and I think as much as anything, he'd want to keep that first team squad together to go through specific training. It looks like he settled wisely on a 4-2-3-1 now, rather than trying a 4-3-3, which I think I've got a feeling he might have been a little bit pressured into doing that by the likes of Paratici. He might have pushed him a little bit towards that way. We're now back to the 4-2-3-1, which suits these players better. You know, I was open to trying the four three three. We're back to four two three one. He let's face it, that eleven picks itself now. It picks itself. The the only fringe players who can get a look in there, Gill is worthy of coming on on the on the seventieth minute against West Ham, possibly. You know, um, Rodon, I've got time for. I didn't. I haven't seen him do anything terribly wrong. You know, the keepers. Adequate, can't really. Oh, I think he's only made that one mistake where he pushed the ball out. Yeah, that one um, flap so far. Yeah, yeah, so far that I can recall. Um, you know, uh, Tanganga done okay tonight. Uh, I think he did well. But there's, you know, there's, there's no, there's no one really knocking at the door. Low Celso will obviously feature. You know, he will. He's, he's, you know, the the fringe player nearest to that starting eleven. But I'm not surprised. You know, we've really got a rebuilding job on our hands now. Obviously. You know, and I think, you know, to become getting patient with the managers crazy. The only time I really worried about Nuno was away to Arsenal. Agreed. I just yeah, the lack of a plan, see, the lack of a couldn't structure. see yeah. what was going on there. Yeah. I mean, that was unbelievable. But yet again, mm. we come back to what John said earlier and what you know, what everything everybody thinks, you know, that the um the players, you know, surely tonight your senior pros get together, you know, Ali and Davis and Lo Celso and say, come on, let's shut this crowd up. Yep. Let's get out there and let's, you know, let's get hold of these youngsters and support them. Let's, you know, and at least yeah. be completely committed with the 50-50s. We, we, yeah, typical Tottenham. I've had, you know, I'm 63. I've had years of watching Tottenham second best to weight Ramon. Yeah, in 50-50. And you, that's got to be down to a kind of belief and commitment, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, by the way tonight, I thought the ref was fairly poor and got worse yep. as the game went. I think in this competition, you know, it's not only just the standard that's poor. The refereeing has been really poor in this competition yeah. so far. I, I, he, 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 I mean, that was, right. it was a foul on Winks near the end when he done his nut. The guy yeah. caught him late. Mm. He was for every time they were they were playing every trick in the book, and the ref was believing it. But yeah. that's I was at Palace the other week, saying, you know, mm. when you're so kind of heartless, uh, you know, lacking such heart, you end up with where even the ref, well, you'll have nothing coming from the ref. Everything goes against you. It's you know so pitiful. You got nothing about you you know so even the ref you got nothing coming you know yeah um and that was what it was like in that last half hour against palace it was awful you know? yeah the, the irony is um, on on the referee and you know, i think we got away one very very early because it's like a clear penalty for vatice as a he'll chop down Wittek. i mean i i was he got the ball he got the ball i got he got the ball to be fair you, you reckon know? i thought i i only saw it the replay in real time wasn't slow-mo mm. i thought he got the ball 
but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he went mm. through the man to get the ball. But I, I think got I, the ball. it just looked very, you know, when you when you make that decision to do that, I just think you're, you're always giving the referee an opportunity. Like we've said here, because of the, the, the standard of the referee has been so substandardly poor. Yeah, you're right. Why give a referee a decision to make? And before we come back over to John, just going to give a flavour of some of our listener statements that have come in. Um, Nicky at Highland Spurs, who's actually watching right now, Nicky, he said, didn't expect much to be fair. A very distorted second string lose a loss away in Europe. Not a lot of team chemistry. Not fluid. Hard to be judgmental when they hardly kick a ball. Squad needs injection of hungry players to push to a first 11. Hammers, here we come. Uh, ben Taylor says, we can't blame the selection. There were a decent amount of players out there. They had no chemistry together. Then he looked allergic to the ball. Hill, Berg, Vine and Celso were bang average at best. What is the goal this season? Are we going for this trophy? We're going to come on to that, actually. Um, how important is this trophy for us? Um, by tonight's... Uh, Thoughts, it doesn't seem to be that important by some of these players' standards. Sam Lewis says, not good enough, but wasn't expecting much considering the team Nuno picked. Similar to Antwerp away last season. Hopefully we'll beat them home and Mora in our next two group games to progress. Mark, THFC's fan, says, I feel sorry for the back four. They were bombarded from the off. Our midfield was terrible. Winks and Delhi need to move on, not only for us, but for themselves. They are nice lads, but it's time. The Celso isn't commanding enough either. Some key players are just simply not stepping up. And Jason Bowen, I think this is a great point, he says, how in a hell's chance do we get to sell these players if we keep showing them live on TV? We can't bloody keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. You know, it's, it's actually a fair point he makes there. But, um, John, you know, watching this game, I don't know what you thought, but, you know, we just looked so heavy and incorrectly timed and weighted every time we were kind of pushing the ball forward and trying to make, you know, diverting runs. And, you know, it's just hard because, granted, you know, these players aren't playing with a rhythm, but we just looked so... I don't know, just so difficult or just doing the basics. Am, am I fair to say that these are professional footballers that are actually international players, some of them, but out there as an 11, they just look so uncomfortable amongst each other. Yeah, there was no real relationships on the pitch. And I mean, uh, certain players' confidence have obviously been shattered and part of that may have been down to the previous regime with Mourinho when the fitness levels were reported to have dropped very, very low compared to how high they were under Mourinho before. Um, we saw Bergwijn tonight, for example, he got the ball out on the left-hand side and whereas before he would have cut in and bent that into the far corner, he now sort of dilly-dallies a little bit on the ball instead of doing one thing or the other. And, you know, Stephen Bergwijn was a player of huge potential, uh, Holland international, uh, played in the Champions League with PSV Eindhoven, played well against us with PSV Eindhoven, in fact. And, you know, started off with Spurs, very, very exciting, you know, electrifying winger that was getting fans off their seats. He scored some big goals against Man City, Man United, Wolves. Um, and But since then, has sort of regressed and it's kind of sad to see. I know he's had a few injuries, but I hope that he can get a run of form and, and build back his confidence because that could be an interesting outlet for us. And on the point you said, I mean, the passing was poor tonight. Winks, I thought, was poor in possession. Delhi was poor in possession or just not imposing himself. Um, so there was a few players tonight that really didn't compose themselves. But just another point uh, Jar made earlier about the senior players getting together. One player that's escaped mentioned so far is Davidson Sanchez. Now, this is a full Columbia international who's used to playing in very hostile atmospheres when it goes with Colombia, away to the Maracanã to play Brazil, away to Buenos Aires to play Argentina. You know, they're hostile atmospheres, not big deaths of 23,000. That's a proper atmosphere. And, you know, he's got good leadership skills from playing in those games. So why aren't we seeing that when he plays in the Tottenham shirt? You know, this is a guy that cost £42 million. He was our club record signing at the time. Had the luxury, maybe, of, of playing alongside Jan and, and Toby and hasn't kicked on and has regressed like many of the others since. And, you know, I want to see more from players like Sanchez as well because his position's looking very weak ahead of the January transfer window. You know, the fact that Romero is now starting to look very, very good. He's going away with Argentina and dominating games. He's coming into the Tottenham setup now and starting to really impose himself. The fact that Dyer started eight league games in a row, 
Um, yeah. The fact that Dyer was nominated for the August Premier League Player of the Month, so he was one of the six nominees for that award. Whatever people want to slag him off and say about him, he's obviously done very, very well this season thus far. Um, so, so Sanchez's position is looking pinnacle, and he needs to be showing in games like tonight what he's all about. But again, he didn't really impose himself. Um, and, he, and it's just a shame that rather than blaming defenders, though, that those midfielders didn't really create any chances or set us up tonight. And as you say, Rick, they look really sluggish in possession, and that's just not good enough. It should be a quick tempo, you know, against a side like Vitesse. I mean, no, no disrespect to them. I appreciate it was their first sellout in seven years, I believe, tonight. So their fans were always going to be bang up for it and, and making a noise, making a racket look Tottenham in town. It's a big scout for them. You know, we were the Tottenham that went and knocked Ajax out. So it's always going to be big news when we come to, to Holland. But we just didn't show up on the night. And, and you know, it's a big win for Vitesse and, and fair play to them. You know, we didn't show up and, and they wanted it more than us and they got that victory. Yeah, I mean, um, out of interest, Darren, you know, John mentions there something like Davidson Sanchez. Now, the January window is coming thick and fast. Now, a lot of people get excited by a January transfer window, especially us in the last one on Spurs. We get overly carried away by who we can sign, who we can't sign. Um, but I just wonder, you know, you look at it, you think there's so many of our players there that just seem so content to just really make up the numbers, collect the big wage at the end of the week. And that kind of tells you by that performance that they're happy to do that. And you know, we've always said this, that to move players on from Tottenham. And John, you make you reference this as well. It's always very hard. We're a London-based club. Uh, we play, we, I know people are going to laugh what I say, but we do pay decent money. We do pay mm-hmm. decent money. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. contracts are highly incentivized. How confident are you, Darren, that we are going to be able to move some of these players on that for the sake of their own career do need to go you know what it's going to become a case of two different things or even three different things it's going to be down to the players as well because like we're saying about players not looking happy tonight if that's the case and you're not happy you're going to be getting off the plane on your phone to your agent because you're going to want to move your agents can have that conversation with you again put yourself in a shop window then give me something to work with so there's going to have to be a shift in energy in that way if there's not a shift in that as Spurs from what I saw in the last transfer window the way in which we dealt with like Serge Aurier for example that was a new thing for me Tottenham wise the fact that players still had contract and we were like we're going to terminate the contract I, that, that was a new move for me to go rather than wait for a, an offer get some money it was like let's terminate let's get him off our books that's the win And if we're on a shift now in terms of our structure, we may have to take hits. We may have to go, actually, we can't do the Levy manoeuvre and wait for the best deal. And Tottenham always comes out, the winner of the transfer. It's going to be a case of Paradici and the team sitting there and going, Levy, we need to get him out. If we're getting less than we want, if it's three million less than we want, we need him out the door. Because we have to get other players in. And once they're out, we need the space to then bring others in. Take the wages off the book as the win rather than the transfer fee. And I think that's where my head's going with it. And hopefully that's what the system does. Because as everyone said, I think someone messaged saying, how are these players putting themselves in the shop window to go anywhere? How are we going to get them off our books? I think it's going to be a couple of those things changing and seeing what they do. So fingers crossed. Yeah, coming on that point, I mean, over the summer, I mean, it was going to be very hard always to get rid of so many players at once and start the rebuild. I think we did do, you know, make some very good progress. I mean, yes. before last season, I believe we had the fifth oldest squad in the league. We would have yep. really reduced that by moving on the likes of Sizoko, Aldevireld, Hart, Rose, yep. uh, even some of the younger players, Lamella, Foyth. Um, so we, mm-hmm. we did start the process and obviously, hopefully it can continue in January. It's notoriously difficult windows to do deals in, but yeah. you think the likes of Newcastle coming in with money, I hear they're looking at the likes of James Tarkowski, Jesse Lingard, I mean, should we be approaching Newcastle by intermediaries, by good lawyers, by our agents saying, look, if you're looking for English steady Eddie players, we've got a few of them. You mentioned yeah. Gary Winks earlier, but also Deli Alley could be another one, you know. Yeah. And we could get the ball moving with that. But also Matt Doherty, you know, hugely experienced Premier League right back, who mm. for whatever reason hasn't cut it at Tottenham. I was just hugely excited when we got him, but he's been very underwhelming. He's now third choice and rightly third choice. Yeah. Um, because he's done nothing in the Tottenham shirt. 
Um, but we should be looking to make those moves happen as early as the 1st of January. We're not far away from that now. We're on the 21st of October. Not yeah. a long time. And we need to... Players like, you know, the other day, actually, we had a 20-man squad for the win at Newcastle, right? Ryan Sessegnon, 30 million quid. Jack, Jack Clark, Clark, 10 million Jack quid. Jack Clark, yeah. You know, that's four, even before we've done anything. Roden didn't make that squad. He was 15 or 13 million. Um, and Doherty, I mean, that's like 65, 70 million pounds of money. He didn't make a 20-man squad. This is an yeah. extended Premier League bench of nine now. And they're not making that. So people say we've got a small squad. Well, we don't. We have got internationals that don't make yeah. the squad. Um, and we yeah. have to move people on to open doors for the likes of even next season. Pape Sar to come in and show what he can do. He's performing very well, starting every week at Nets. So mm. let's get the ball rolling now, ahead of January. Um, and if I could ask all of you guys, what would be one position you'd look to strengthen in, in the January window? Well, I think I'll, I'll answer that very quickly for me and we'll, we'll go round and I'll start next. But for me, for me, we can't have a season where we've got one senior striker at a football club. This is Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. We're relying on Harry Kane, a guy that, no disrespect to Harry, he wanted to go. He didn't want to even be here. And we've got the one senior striker and I think it's so unfair on Dane Scarlett, where I'm seeing a lot of criticism for tonight. For him, he's a young kid. He's not really had the chance to go out on loan, which, John, obviously you've told us now is there's a restriction on doing so on that. But to keep putting the kid through these kind of nights, I just don't know if it's going to be great for him. It's a lack of service. I think it's really demoralised. I mean, Joel, what do you think? What would be well, your position we look at? Uh, do you know what? This, the, we, the, I'm sorry I'll to, to spread bet here, but we need a backup number nine. We it'd be good to have we we lack a really creative force that like yep. we miss what Ericsson was doing for us you, when yep, he was at his pom. Yeah, and I would like there to be a play. A, a, we haven't really got a proper proper holding player. I would like another player who can can put mm. pressure on to um on sort of two fellas there now. Holbier uh, and yeah, skip. Boy, yeah, and skip. Yeah. So because we got two at some point, one of them or both will be injured. So it'd be nice to have a, a a commanding. There was a guy at Toulouse we were looking at, uh, supposedly last year. I can't remember his name. Who looked he could fill the part. You know, there's some good players in the French league who can play that kind of holding role. But we're lacking creativity. Um, so we need we you know unless so low Celso and Endembelli come good, then fantastic. But at the moment it doesn't look like both of them are going to come good. And we need a number nine. We need a, a player who can come on and hold the play up and be a physical presence and have a bit of mobility. There's the free area. Centre-off, I think Romero's doing good. Sure. Sanchez think, was great yeah. the first part of the season, wasn't he? Before mm. that first international break, so I couldn't believe Sanchez. It was and the best I've ever seen him. And now, now we're back. <laughs> Even tonight, I didn't think he was terrible in the first half. Second half, he started to worry the hell out of me, you know. Yeah. And and it's it's a it's something I didn't I, I didn't mm. think of mentioning him as a senior player, John Point. Which is like, yeah, I didn't, did I? I should yeah. have done. But you, you don't somehow, you know. I tell you, the number who gets an easy ride, Davis. I think Davis has been very. You know, I get criticised all the time, Joff. I mean, I always say, you know, John, we laugh about this. I mean, I always say, gentle Ben, six out of ten. You know, at the moment, I'm not sure we can give him a six at the moment. The no, way it's he's going. not six. He was six out of ten yeah. when he was left left like back cover. Yeah, yeah, but not yeah, now. Yeah, no, not now. now. Now, now, he looks like he would he get in the Brighton team, for instance. Well, no, the, yeah. Brighton are a good yeah. side though. Now they've got a good manager. And I feel and I feel bad yeah. in the summer when I when I was saying no to Potter, I feel God. You know, it's funny as a fan now how you, you end up, you know, you look at yeah. it. And it, I think it's hilarious that, you know, Spurs is um well the, the previous managerial choice, Paolo Fonseca before Paratigi got involved, 
is now potentially going to Newcastle, which I find that to be quite incredible, that uh, Newcastle lining him up. But um, before I kind of sidetrack myself, I just want to discuss the goal before we go for our break. Um, Darren, let's come over to you because it was a, a smart volley finish from the box that Galini couldn't keep out. I mean, the test to this point, really, they hadn't created a great deal, but I don't think you could say on the night they were undeserving of that goal, really, for the pressure they put on Tottenham. Yeah, totally agree. They they looked like, if anyone was going to score, it looked like it was going to be them. And it was due to their urgency, due to the way they, they set out. They were, as I said, the 50-50s, I was winning all of them. And they deserved it. They deserved that goal. It was, no one is at home begrudging them that. And if we had got the the Gill one, if we had got the that goal, we would have, we would have been luxury. It would have been a luxury goal for us because the performance didn't deserve it. So for me, that that is what we deserved. And we should have really see a spark in the attitudes after the goal went in, but there wasn't. And that was also a concern that players didn't go, okay, now, now I'm not playing well. Let me up the game and try and find something. And yeah, they deserved it. They absolutely deserved it. Totally agree. And um, for our listeners on audio, we are going to go for our first break of the show. And like I say after that break, we'll be discussing some of the player ratings and looking ahead to West Ham United to come at the weekend. Ben, 1-0 defeat here in the test. How would you assess that one? Uh, it's a tough one to take. We're very disappointed um, with the result and like it's a tough uh, position we put ourselves in the group now. But tell us just how difficult it is coming to a place like this, European away days always difficult and they were intense aggressive but the boys gave everything tonight yeah um look they're a very good side um but you know we have to back ourselves to perform better than we did tonight we probably lost a lot of second balls and we were on the back foot on occasions and it was pretty tough but um yeah i don't think it was a commitment issue tonight we just got a few things wrong and obviously, straight away, moving on to the weekend, back in Premier action. We, we've won each of the last two with good performances. Surely all the focus is now getting a result at West Ham. Yeah, of course. It's, um, it's a huge game for us. Um, like they, they did well last year, so they're going to be up and around it. So it's important we, uh, we pick up points where we can. Oh, top man. And I just want to say our fans tonight, to be fair, to travel out here in the circumstances... Uh, you know, it's not. It's tough, and uh, we're really grateful for the support. They were top class tonight. Ended one 0 tonight. We knew what we were coming into here, didn't we? Look, Ben just said no lack of commitment, but just got a couple of things wrong on the night. Yeah, like all the games, um, it was a tough game. Uh, I guess it's a good team. Uh, I think we compete well. Lack of focus in some moments, um, especially in attack. I think we could do more the way we go out to finish the actions. But like you said committed. I think it's a good chance for, for our all players to, to have minutes to grow because you're going to need it and the Conference League is, is a good chance to players that deserve that work hard to, to keep improving. We've spoken about it before Nuno but historically in Europe the home games are the key ones aren't they? Look we've got back-to-back -back home games now. Yeah, I they, guess that's where it counts. It's, isn't it's it? a group stage. We still have to, to play Ren and, and Vitesse at home and then go to Mura. Um, and it's a good chance to, to solve the situation in the group. OK, look, we're back into Premier League action. I need to ask you about West Ham. What are you expecting there at London Stadium? It's always an unbelievable derby, that one. Yeah, it's going to be a, a derby, a tough match against a good team, uh, but you'll be ready. Yeah, and look, Premier League, we're in good form, so we pick it up from here and just take it into London Stadium, yeah? Yeah, exactly. 
this is how the competition goes, game by game. We have to focus now, analyze well this game and, and focus on the on the next one. Is the Premier League and um, all energy is going to be there. John, I want to come actually back around to you before I can. Go I to quickly the say that goal. I play. I still play football. Play old man's football. Even in our games, if a ball's coming wide and you've got a guy who's able mm. just to stroll into the area around yeah. the D and pick his spot from a volley, all us old men would be shouting at the old man who was supposed to be tracking back with that bloke. It just wouldn't happen. I was going to ask you, Joel, and Joel's gone on the on that basis. We will bring Joel back in a second. Listen, I was going to ask if he could play a second striker, and he goes and leaves us. You couldn't make it up, could you? That's the effect of Spurs doing this to you on a Thursday night in Europa Conference League night. John, let's come round to you. Um, just on Gallini, we understand that he's got to have to play a certain amount of games in order to trigger this clause for him to essentially become a permanent signing for Tottenham. From what you've seen of him so far, what did you make of it? Because tonight he was forced into an early save um, inside the area. Very much little to do. Couldn't keep out Wittek's effort in the closing stages. But um, from what you've seen of him so far, John Gallini, are you sold at the moment? I think he was a shrewd acquisition, actually. I, I was kind of surprised he actually agreed to come to us when we already had Hugo Lloris at the club. He played a large number of Champions League games last year um, in Italy um, and also was, was basically the first choice keeper for um, Atlanta. So I was slightly surprised he agreed to come. Um, and I thought it was a bit of a coup that we got him to come in as a number two, if I'm being honest. So I thought he played well at Wolves. He was obviously the hero in the penalty shootout. And I think he's done generally well when called upon. He's a full Italy international. He seems to have settled in well in the dressing room. He's often posting photos of many different players on Instagram or whatever. Um, and he seems like a, a good energy about him. And, and I think he's a decent mm -hmm. keeper as well. So at 26 years of age, he might be seeing this as, look, I can bide my time for 18 months or whatever. He'll know the age Hugo Lloris is and maybe yeah. think he can have a push at being the number one. And if we've got two Four international keepers, one for Italy, one for France, battling out for that number one spot. I think that's only good news for Tottenham. So, yeah, I, I'm quite pleased with him. I understand the arrangement is if he plays 20 games in all competitions, then it's a obligation to buy rather than an option. And, and even still, I believe the reported fee is around 12 million euros. I think that's fine business for a, a, very, a very solid number two keeper. Yeah. And um, Darren, Jaffet Ganga. Now, he was back in the team tonight at right back and he actually performed well over the 90 minutes. I mean, um, he put off Lois Appender in the second half. He closed him down as he went through on goal. And we also looked to attack on occasions and putting a good ball across early um, for a chance that was cut out. Obviously, that now he's got the pressure of, of, of course, Emerson Royale, who, to be fair to him, um, when I look at Emerson so far, he had a really tricky debut up against Wilfred Sahar. That's never easy. And then the Chelsea next, which for anyone is going to be tough. Then, of course, we've had the Arsenal game. Um, he's kind of, again, had to be in a situation where he's, he's been flown around the world, come back early, of course, um, for our game after the international break. Um, Tanganga, do you back him to actually reclaim that spot at right back? Or do you think he's now got a real uphill battle to get back into the Spurs eleven? I think he has got a battle. But I think they give us two very different options. And I think what Jaffa also can do is learn from Emerson. They've got the two very different defenders, which I like. Yeah. Emerson is so composed. He's one of the defenders that he never looks panicked. He never looks flustered. However, his distribution for me isn't as good as Jaffa's yet. He hasn't shown me enough on the ball going forward that would impress me. But his positional sense at the back, even against Zaha, I know a lot of people are, oh, it was a horrible game. You look at the battle he gave Zaha. Zaha was like, he was in a game. He was absolutely in a game. And I was like, that's what you want from your, your fullbacks. You want them to really give their, their winger a game. And he does that. So I think Jaffa, for me, I love his passion. I love how, how he puts everything into that shirt. Sometimes a little bit too much. He needs to learn to kind of hold that yeah. back. Because for me, Agreed. he is that one tackle away from a, a, a second booking. As we and saw at Palace. I think that's yeah. part. 
exactly mm. that. And I think that's part of his learning. I yeah. think watching Emerson, who for me times that tackle so well, he looks like he's so leggy. He looks like they've got him and then in goes the leg and he gets it. And you go in training, hopefully they're learning together and Jaffa will improve because he's one who's there for the long haul for me. I, he ain't going nowhere for a while. Yeah. Mm. Out of interest, come around to you, Jar. Um, we discussed him earlier, Joe Roden. Now, um, I've got to be honest with you. I don't know what you think about this, Jar. When he's watching Eric Dyer in the last few weeks, he must be asking to himself, what do I need to do <laughs> yeah. to get in this yeah. team? And, I, I, and I've got to be honest with you, you know, we are going to come around, I promise, Darren, we're going to come around to you on this point as well, because I know it's, it's, a, it's a very heavy top topic in terms of Spurs' central defenders. Of course, you know, we were delighted in the summer by the signing of Christian Romero. And the point I always made is that, look, it's all great bringing in Christian Romero, this transformative defender. But if you're not going to give him, you know, a centre-back next to him that's of equal quality... I don't see much point because Dyer, I understand he's a leader. I understand he's vocal. I understand he's popular in the dressing room. But ultimately, there's a mistake in him every single game. And Joe Roden, from what I've seen, given his chance again tonight, um, I thought he produced a good block to deny a pender on the hour mark. He defended well at times. I think he was very unfortunate to be on the losing side. Do you think he's asking himself, what more do I need to do to get on, the, get in the team on a regular basis? I think he. I think he'll get that because there'll be injuries. You know, with Tottenham, there will be injuries. I've got to tell you, the weekend, the own goal, which everyone went mad about. I've seen Cyril Knowles, for instance, score an incredible own goal against Crystal Palace in the seventies. You know, under no, you know, it happens. What annoyed me, I think it was Dyer who gave away the stupid free kick that led to the own goal. Mm, well, yeah. You know, rushing thirty yards when you're three one up to knock a bloke over from behind who's going away from goal. Why? That's a, that's a typical Tottenham free kick to give away, though, isn't it? You couldn't yeah, make yeah. it up. Oh, going away from goal. Incredible, you know. But I like Dyer. I think he's got... In the same way, I like Tanganga. I think they've got a bit of passion. You know, I like the way Tanganga gets yellers. I'd get yellers if I've got a Tottenham shirt on. I'd, I'd want to stick the nut in if I'm playing for Tottenham because I love Tottenham, you know. And I like Dyer. I think he's got an edge. And I think Rodon's time will come. I think it will come and it will come probably before Christmas. He will, he will mm. start to play in these big games and then it's down to him to cement his place when he comes in. You know, yeah. I think he could be very complimentary with Romero, who's also mm. got a bit of an edge and also likes to rush 10 yards to yeah. tap people's ankles. You know, he, does, yeah, he, he, likes, he likes a lunge, doesn't he? I think it'll take him some time. I think with Romero, although we've seen already what a great player he, or what a great player Romero is in the early stages. I, I totally agree with you that um, I think we need to find that complimentary centre-back for him. And just quickly, I'll get um, the quick views on this of Darren and John as well. Darren, for you, um, I could see you say, charging me to come to you. Uh, tell me, what, what do you make of that centre-back parent at the moment? Would you be in favour of giving Roden a chance? Uh, alongside I am, Romero, I'm, think? I'm so team Roden. I'm, I've, lit, I've watched him. And for me, as a pairing, those two would complement each other, in my eyes, so well. Roden is one of those, what I feel, an old-school defender. He enjoys defending. He enjoys the ugly side of defending. He's the guy who will break his nose and still play. I, I, I like those kind of defenders. And I think him next to Romero, who is that cool, calm, confident defender, those two as a pair, you don't want to come up against that. They've got pace. They've got positional sense. They win it in the air. They're, they're, they're going to give you a battle up there. A man like Lukaku ain't going to be happy when he sees two defenders who want to muscle him. And I think we look lightweight there sometimes. And I think Eric Dyer, for all of the wonderful things that he does, sometimes he's the man I'll go, if I'm a striker, I want to play against him. Because he is going to give me a mistake. And also, I am going to turn him. Because his head sometimes is not really in the game. 
And you watch Roden and he is in every second of the game. He is in it. You watch him even when you, you get a close-up of him in tonight's game. We were losing him. You could see how angry he was. I like that. I want to see a centre-half who is angry about the result and going, I want to do something. When um, we had the last free kick and for some reason they dilly-dallied and they also did a, a shot cross. Well, just watch Roden. If you want to go back, just watch Roden. He's livid because he's gone, put it in the box and I'll do it. I want to do it. And those two, for me, gold. I've said it here, gold. I love it. John, let's come around to you. Um, the topic of debate of centre-backs, John, it's, it's one that's been highly discussed because, um, again, you know, sometimes when we had that prime centre-back pairing, of course, the telepathic partnership of Vertonghen and Alderweireld, you know, at that time, I, I don't want to say we didn't know how, luck, how lucky we was. We, we did know we were very lucky. We, we did know that we were so lucky to be blessed by watching those two guys out there week upon week. They had such a great partnership. And, you know, it's like any great partnership. It, it's sometimes very hard then to find those two players to replace the outgoing. I think Spurs have really struggled with that. I'm confident Romero will be that guy um, in terms of part of the jigsaw. I'm just really unsure in terms of that next partner next to him. For me, it could be Roden. I know a lot of people feel even with Roden, you know, it's it, it's still very young. I mean, what do you think, John, how that centre-back pairing is going to develop throughout the season? I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here. It'd be boring if we were all speaking off the same hymn sheet. So what I'm going to say is, I'm going to say this. Joe Roden uh, did have some Premier League games under Mourinho. He made a huge mistake at Chelsea on his debut, having looked assured for the majority of the game. Um, missed the header that could have led to a goal in the last minute of the game. He made a mistake at Brighton. He made a mistake at Liverpool. He's a young defender who's stepping up a league to the Premier League. He's looked very good when he's played for Wales, and he's looked good for us in games he's played since. But slightly unfair, I, I feel, with this idea that suddenly Dyer's going to come out. Dyer started all eight league games. Dyer's obviously the preferred first choice along with Romero at the moment. And as I mentioned earlier, Dyer was nominated for the Premier League Player of the Month in August. Um, I just feel like at the moment, that is the first choice pair. Um, and I agree that Dyer does have this thing where he can look very good, but will make one mistake per game. And sometimes that can cost you in a big, big way. But for now, I feel like maybe playing next to Romero and his ability and his skill is rubbing off a little bit on Dyer. And maybe Dyer is you know, getting rid of some of those mistakes that have lighted his career at centre-half so far. He's been unlucky in not really knowing what position he's playing, whether he's been a central defensive midfielder, a right-back as he was on his Tottenham debut, a centre-back. He's been moved around a lot and his utility might have cost him instead of establishing himself and gaining experience and pedigree in one position. Now, do I think that we should be changing this now when he's actually showing a bit of form and he's playing next to a top-class centre-half in Romero? No, I think we should let him build on that and let's see what we've got. Look, if he starts making mistakes, sure, switch it up a bit, move in someone else. But for now, I think that team is settled. I think Nuno does like him. He's a big character in the dressing room, as you said, Rick. I think the fact that he speaks Portuguese and has that sort of Portuguese style to him because he grew up since he was four in Portugal does play into his hands with the managers as he did with Mourinho as well. I seem to take an instant liking to his style, demeanour, the way he carries himself probably. Um, and that benefits him. Let's not make any qualms about that. But I feel like Dyer was one of the players I would have looked to move on in the summer. But actually, he's impressed me this season. And I think we should allow players that have stuck with us for a long time, that do care, do to get what it means. You've only got to look at the back of the bridge to see what it meant to Dyer that night. He cares about playing for Tottenham. And uh, let's get behind players like that. So I think any sort of negative feeling towards Dyer should be put to bed. And let's deal with what we've got this season from Dyer, which is eight Premier League starts. We've won five of those games. Um, yeah. And I don't think it'll be too long before he's called back into the England squad. I think Connor Cody and Tyro Mings need to be looking over their shoulders as the third and fourth choice centre-backs. Because I think Eric Dyer will be back in the England squad before too long as well. 
Well, I think it's well known, John. You, you pick up on Dyer there. I think with Southgate, he was actually very close to appointing him um, the captain of that group, even despite the fact that he didn't play every single international game. So that's how high Gareth Southgate rates him in terms of his leadership. Um, we touched upon them earlier. Davidson Sanchez, a couple of good early tackles from him with Vitesse dominating and remaining strong at the back. Um, it wasn't a short performance. He definitely went to make a case, as I brought up with Jar earlier, that, you know, with Eric Dyer now ahead of him in the pecking order, he needed to have a game. Ben Davis, captain on the evening, as we said, gentle Ben. Um, I said six out of ten. I think Jar now is five to four. It might be even less than that. Darren's yeah. <laughs> Darren's on that four fingers. Um, you know, he yeah. had to defend well at times. He was put under pressure as that game wore on. But one of the players um coming round to you, Jar, that um at the moment is I think one of the scapegoats, to be fair, of this Spurs team is Harry Winks. It was again a rare start for the midfielder. He kept the ball ticking over in midfield, but let's be honest about it, it was nothing of note that's gonna really trouble the first team regulars of Oliver Skip. PME Hoyer and you know, a great friend of the show, a regular last one on Spurs there, Crackers on the screen says, Winks and Delhi simply need new challenges, both gone style, all players have a club shelf life. And um, it's very hard to screw them on that. What, what do you think for you? Do you think it's a case, Joel, we have to let Winks move on? For well, the how long, how long since Winks has never established himself in a Tottenham team? I remember one of his best performances. Do you remember at Wembley, we played City, I think we lost 1-0. I think I was in Philadelphia watching it on telly, on tour, yep. as it happens. And he come off the bench and he changed the game and he looked like a nice buzzing kind of like number eight. You know, I think he's happy buzzing around like a number eight, getting around a D is his thing. I don't think he's a guy that likes to play that deep. He he seemed good at playing his way out of tight spots and playing forward at that time. Now, look at the Wembley debacle against City this time round at Wembley. He was poor, you know. Um, so I just think he's he's another of the Tottenham players that probably should have gone out loan at a crucial point in his development. He should have had a year away. That's what happens. These top clubs loan their players out. Look at Chelsea. They loaned a player like Winks would have been loaned out for the season. Just a season. That's all it takes. I don't think that ever happened with him. He's never really established himself. And he he seems to just get bypassed um, in midfield too easy. And he's certainly not a holding player. And so I would agree with Crackers. He's shelf And I think the same for Ali. How could you not say that when it's been years since those players really turned, you know, good performances in. I think, you remember against Fulham when he scored, Winks had a yeah, decent yeah, last game. Minute. Yeah, yeah. How long, ago, how long ago was that? You know. Yeah, it is. And, and just on Deli Alley, um, coming over, let's go to Darren on this, Deli Alley, because um, I think, again, with Ali, he struggles to really make an impact on proceedings despite playing actually in his favoured number 10 role. And again, he did very little when he was on the ball, just didn't look at the races. Many will say that's, again, another opportunity wasted, where Deli, to be fair... Um, at the start of the season, Nuno was giving him the opportunities. In, he was playing in much more of a, let's say, um, a defensive midfield role where he was requiring a lot of running, um, a lot of box-to-box play there. And you just feel for Delhi now, um, the elation when Delhi was not getting in the team in the last few weeks. You know, fans were, you know, de- delighted by the sounds of it. I'm talking about, you know, a general, uh, it's hard with Twitter to actually say that, but, you know, the Twitterati of, of Spurs um, were delighted to see Delhi not getting in the team. And tonight, um, to put it brutal, Darren, uh, he had... Nine duels attempted, none successful. Wow. With, with wow. Delhi, what, what does the future hold for Delhi Ali for you, Darren? Is it again a chance with Delhi? We need to try and move him on in January. Or I get think, him alone, maybe. I think getting Delhi alone could be something to restart his career. I think with Winks and Delhi, I have the same problem: is where do you play now? Do they even know? 
Like, what is their best position? Because you look at Delhi, and he has been played in his, in his what we believe his favourite position, being just off Harry, so he's involved, he can arrive late, and he can be around the box. It didn't work. You play him as the holding midfielder, so he can get touches on the ball, we can be involved in the game, build himself into it. Doesn't work. Defensive doesn't work. Wink's exactly the same. You go, where is your best position? Do you know? Because as a fan, I don't know. As a manager, how do you know? So for me, it is about either getting you out on loan and going like Lingard did at Man United. Go out on loan, find your spark, come back to us. Or it's a case of go out and, and find find your new home. And hopefully there's a manager there that puts his arm around you and go, look, I've got you. And then that love and that spark rejuvenate. Because for me as a football fan, I never want to see you bad. I want to see you at your best. Right now, you're definitely not at your best for us. So either ship out or, or find it. And I don't see either of the two finding it right now. Because you look at the 11, I don't see who they replace. No. And that's, that's yeah, the problem. Totally yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, John, just get your thoughts on that. I know these are two players that at one point, you know, you, you were much championed of the likes of Winks, the likes of Delhi. Um, is there any remote future for these two? Or is it case, John, just let them we'll get them out as soon as possible so they can revive their careers elsewhere and try and recover their status in the game, their identity in the game, which to be fair at the moment, you just don't really know, to be honest with you, what their best positions are anymore. I think they've lost confidence. I think as a whole Spurs and their career, they need to go in two separate pathways if they're to be successful. Yeah, it's a real shame, really, because uh, I judge them very differently as well. Look, Winks was a guy that came through our academy. Winks is a guy who's a huge Tottenham fan. He comes from a family of big Tottenham fans. He cares about the club deeply. And we'll always have those nights against Real Madrid at Wembley where he took on Modric and Cruz and, and ran the game in effect for Tottenham in a famous 3-1 win. And, you know, I have good memories of Harry Winks coming through into the academy, breaking into the first team setup and uh, under Pochettino really getting a chance. But actually, he hasn't kicked on. He has stagnated. And I look at him now and I think, would he, you know, where would he actually go? Uh, a Southampton, would he get in? Well, no, they've already got Ward Prowse who's better than him. Would he get in at Burnley? Possibly, you know. So it, that's the sort of level I think with, with Harry Winks. Uh, I just think he hasn't quite made it or established himself at, at Tottenham, which is a, a shame for him. Um, but it is time to move on now. And you've only got to look at the ability of Oliver Skip and what he gives to the team to see the difference in abilities there. And it's very obvious that Oliver Skip will be a backbone of this Tottenham team now, hopefully for the next decade. You know, we can really build around him um, alongside Hoybier as a backbone of our uh, midfield. Um, so that's on, on Winks and on Delhi. Ah, you know, this is a guy that had everything, you know. People say, I don't know what he did or whatever, but he scored 18 league no, goals. Unbelievable. Unbelievable Scoring at Chelsea, scoring yeah. against Real Madrid, scoring at Arsenal. You know, he's a big game player, Delia. United, he's scoring against United as well, yeah. Yeah, United yeah. at Old Trafford. Liverpool, he's scoring against Liverpool, yeah. You know, Rick, so, so that, that, that yeah. is a serious, serious generational talent. People use that word too easily now. But someone that came onto the scene so young as he did, back-to-back PFA Young Player of the Year. And I find it incredibly frustrating how his career has uh, stagnated in effect. You know, it's, it's a, this was a guy that was worth 150 million at one point. You know, he was the hot prospect of English football on his England debut, picked it up from 35 yards at Wembley, blasted it past Hugo Lloris in the France net. You know, this was the, the boy, the player. And I was so excited about him. And to see him stagnate, it's sad for all of us Tottenham fans, you know, because it gave us so many brilliant and good memories. And I look at... You know, Darren mentioned Jesse Lingard's loan last year and how that reinvented him. And I think Dele Alli naturally is actually a far better footballer than Jesse Lingard. So to see him do that at West Ham and what Dele Alli could do in a different scenario, but whatever reason, under a couple of managers now at Tottenham, it hasn't quite worked. And I don't think it is going to work at Tottenham, sadly. So I think he does need a move um, and possibly a permanent one. I don't think a loan with him is going to, you know, come back to Tottenham at, what, 26? He, he wants a change, something yeah. fresh for him. So 
But I think it's fair that we do let Deli Ali move on and rediscover his love for the game. He's given us so much as fans for only five million pounds, you know, compared to some of the money we've wasted on absolute dross over the years. Yeah. You know, that was money very well spent. Huge credit to David Fleet and the recruitment team at Tottenham that got that mm. over the line. People yeah. quick to scout the recruitment, the state of recruitment at Tottenham, but that was a phenomenal business, you know, mm. for a guy that was at one point, as I said, worth 150 million and would have walked into many teams across Europe. Um, it's a shame. I also think another issue with Delhi is his distractions away from football. I think you've only got to look sometimes some of the people who post pictures on social media. They're the sort of big promoters in Dubai, Ibiza, Essex, that sort of crowd. I worry about the, the, the people he's in with, basically, and the distractions that causes away from football. Um, if there was a way that I could get him to just live with Harry Kane and copy his life, you know, that's what I would do. But I know it's not easy well, like that. Harry Kane's not a babysitter. I, I, I would have said that, that John, up until this time. I'm not sure if I want him to copy Harry Kane now if he's not that committed. But I, I, I totally understand yeah, no, the point you're making. That's of someone wanting yeah. to show their ambition, you know. Of course, and I, I totally agree. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, just on Deli Ali, it's a real shame actually that it's yeah. come to this. But I think it I is agree. best that he moves on from Tottenham. He, remi- um, he reminds me of Martin Peters who was called the player ahead of his time, mm. had the propensity to ghost in at the far post yeah. the way Ali does. But in certain games, big games, he got four goals away to Man United, uh, yeah. Peters. and mm. But there was always a feeling of being... And he won a World Cup medal. But there was always something about being frustrated with him at times. There were times he disappeared. And I felt like that, Ali, even in some of the biggest games... He would, it, would he'd show up and score great goals, but there were times he didn't do enough for me throughout games. And is that I wasn't, because potential, I wasn't Jar, is, that because, is that because, Joe, you was. see the potential there? Is that because you, you always felt, because the initial period we saw from him where he was electric and you end up then believing there's, there's more to this player, right? Well, in, in even when we were doing well, when, up near the top of the league, in some of the big crunch games... Yeah. We did. We our top players didn't quite do enough, which is why we haven't won anything. Yeah. So when it comes to the very biggest games, including agree. Harry Kane, yeah. you know, cool. the finals and the yeah. semi-finals, yeah. the likes of Ali and Ericsson, even to an extent, would mm. disappear a bit. Yeah, you know, and so just they just don't do enough. If you're going to be a real top player, you you have to do more than that consistently. Yeah, you have to do more than score eighteen goals. You have to assist a load more, and you have to you have to be you have to show up in you have to be consistent and show up more. You know, and they never and I'm afraid it was the same in the biggest games for Ericsson and Harry yep. Kane. Even I don't know what the answer to, to it is, and I don't know why Ali's Delhi Ali's faded away because I, I like him. I think he's yep. likable, you know, and he's a star somehow. So I look at him tonight and just think, what's happened? And sometimes in life. Sometimes people go off the boil. You know, mm-hmm. it happens. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, on a point there, yeah. if, if I may. I mean, yeah, we've talked at length about, you know, why can't Tottenham win things? But we've had those opportunities. You know, we reached the Champions League final. Just last season, we reached the League Cup final. Multiple FA Cup semi-finals, two other League Cup finals in Poch's time, two genuine league title challenges. Yeah. We've come so close. So what is it that stops us getting over the line even once? Yeah, that's it, John. It's, it's, mentality. Is, it's surely mentality, isn't it? Because you can't pick up... It, it's all the, as individuals, which means yeah. if it's a number of individuals, then it's a collective thing, you know? it's a coll- it, it has to be some kind of collective psychology, some yeah. real lack of belief, you know? Yeah. Look at that Matt, that, that semi against Man United when we took the lead. I think yeah. the Valley, wasn't it? Ericsson put the ball yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and great yeah, goal. Yeah. And, then, and then, you know, just sloppy defending, lack of belief and... 
Sanchez scored, you know, and all that mm. for them, and that was it. Very strange, you know. I've all, I've always said with Spurs, Jar, and I'm sure some of you guys, I just think mentality at Tottenham that, that, that hasn't been strong enough. The players that we've had there, it should be, but it's just one of those things. Um, a player on, I want to discuss actually a question on the screen there as well. That's on uh, Stephen Bergvine. That's from Alan Brown, who says another player that's impressed at the start, but has really stalled when given his opportunities. Well, uh, Darren, coming over to you, he was back. In the lineup for this game here. It's the first time since his injury at Rennes in September. He had little to do in that first half down the left hand flank, but he looked a little bit more lively after the break, but wasted a quick break, um, winning a favourable position. It would have done him well to get some minutes in the tank. Stephen Bergvine, where are you now on that for you, Darren? Does he come back into Nuno's first 11? Has he got to earn that opportunity? Um, thoughts? I wouldn't put him straight in. For me, with him, he needs a tap in. The guy needs a tap in. He needs one that comes off his bottom and goes in. That's what he needs. He just needs that confidence goal. That's all he needs. I don't know if you watch the training footage. He is phenomenal in training. He's got, he's all light. He's relaxed. When he gets into that final third, you saw it today. He had a moment and the decision making there was not the one. And he goes, oh, please trust yourself. And he needs to find that. If he gets that scrappy goal, I'm telling you, he kicks on. Right now, he doesn't deserve to get in the starting lineup. For me, yep. what Mora's doing, what Sun's doing, what that unit is doing right now is building yep. something that is looking like potentially a solid front front four. And yep. if that continues to grow, he will be a great addition. You imagine tired legs and he comes on the whippet that he is. He's a dangerous prospect. And I think if we can start integrating that to our bench and start getting that into the team, then that's how I'd use him. Yeah. Um, Joe, I just want to come back round to you if I can. Um, a player that gets a lot of headlines at the moment, maybe not for the right reasons, in a Spurs shirt, and that's Lo Celso, Giovanni Lo Celso. Now, an Argentina shirt, you speak to Argentina fans, I think he's wonderful. They love him. Messi adores playing with him. Um, questions in here. This is from Dave Hunt, who says, what does Gio bring to the side? He gets rave reviews amongst the Argentina squad, but he always looks lost, unfit, and and honestly, awful in a Spurs shirt. Wish we could go back and not buy him and buy Vinny instead. At least that boy had potential. Uh, Seth says, honest and serious question. Does anyone still rate LaSalle so highly enough to be a first-team regular? Or have we all seen the unfortunate light that he's nowhere near the Ericsson replacement that we thought he would be? Thoughts on him for you, Jar? Well, he's had some injuries. I must admit, I've got very frustrated with him recently. I think those international week breaks really wound me up. Because he goes off, we've never seen the best of him, and he goes over there and really performs. Then he comes back, and he's kind of off the boil again, like tonight. Yeah. And, and tonight should be a game where he absolutely gets it by the scruff of the neck. And runs it. He should, yeah. should have enough in football terms that we don't even talk about physicality. We just talk about how he run with the ball and how he moved the ball quickly and made the right decisions. But didn't happen. At least now we know we're playing 4 2 3 1 at Tottenham, and we know that he's going to play in one of those three positions behind the striker. Whereas up to now, we weren't sure if, you know, with a 4 3 3, you know, if he could fit in with that system. He technically, he can handle being a, a holding player, I suppose, but I think in the Premier League, you, you want him. Behind in in those one of those three positions behind a striker, probably rotating. I think he'll come through. Is is my is my gut feeling, especially being Argentinian. They've got something about them. I've got no worries about Bergwin. Bergwin's fine. He's just had a bad injury. Remember, yeah. he was he was great. Was it away to Wolves this year? He was you mm. know looking well, good. Well, I, I think hard. he'll be well, okay. Yeah, yeah. He'll be uh, good, uh, and I think yeah. you know it, it, yet again he'll fit well into that four two three one. So that's, yep. I've got no worries about him either. Uh, Endon Belly's the guy that we all 
I would love to see him come through. Of course, you know? yeah, we all do. He's a player, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John, let's come around. You mentioned a couple of players there. Um, yeah, of course, Stephen Bergvine, Giovanni LaSalle. So I'll throw you another one. Uh, Brian Hill, he looked to have made a rush change in his own box very early on, but replay showed that he did get a touch, to be fair to what Jar said, um, on the boys. Vitesse called for a penalty. He starts a shot over the crossbar in that first half before even going close minutes after the restart as he shot cannoned off the bar. Some good bits from the Spaniard there. Uh, what do you make of all our tricky wingers at the moment, John, that we've got in this squad? Well, I think the first two pick themselves, the two that normally start, Son and Mora. I think Mora works incredibly hard for the team. I think Mora gets some really disappointing criticism from members of the fan base. I think it's very unfair considering the fantastic moments he's given us. Um, and I'm not talking about the Champions League hat-trick, of course, but, you know, dub- doubles at Old Trafford, goals at PSV away. You know, these are big level goals, Lucas Mora. And I find it a shame, actually, that he still hasn't got a proper song. Uh, from the support because I just think he's given us so much brilliant memories. He works his ass off. He really cares. You know, you can see that in the way he carries himself on the pitch and also uh, when he does the social stuff as well. Um, so I'd love Tottenham fans to give Lucas Moore a bit more credit. So I think those two are the absolute first name starters. And then, uh, yeah, I think Bergwijn will come good eventually. I think he's got good pedigree to him. But I think he started well at Tottenham and been unlucky with injuries. And then I think Brian Hill was an exciting young signing. I think a bit like Pape Sarr, who was kept on loan, I think Tottenham saw an opportunity because of Seville's financial issues to really go in there and get their young star prospect. Um, and they've got that deal done. And I think that's one that we'll look at in years to come as one that's hugely beneficial. He's now already a full Spain international. So that shows his, his international uh, reputation is already there. Um, and it's not easy to get in that Spain midfield. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited for Brian Hill's future. Um, he had a shot tonight that was similar to one he did in the Olympics, actually. We also battled the crossbar, I believe, in the semi-final of the Olympics with Spain this summer. So. I think that's going to be a weapon we can utilise in long-range shooting on that left peg because for somebody quite small and diminutive, he seems to get a lot of power into his shots. And then obviously the other sort of criticism gets thrown at the minute that he needs to bulk up or he needs to put some weight on. Well, Luka Modric didn't need to put any weight on when he came over here. If that's he got right, it, he's got it, right. right? Yeah. Spot so on. Yeah. He settled in. He didn't grow at all, Luka Modric. He came in mm. as a skinny little guy he was and he stayed with that and he brushed yep. people no problem at all and then done it at Real Madrid as well and became one of the best central midfielders of all time. So, look, with Brian Hill, I'm not sure where his final position will be. Maybe he'll move and develop into a number 10 or maybe a central midfielder as well. I look at someone like David Silver and I see some similarities there and I would love him to be even half the player David Silver was because then we'd have a serious player on our hands. So, yeah, I think he's going to be an excellent signing and I think he's one that in the future years we'll look back on and think, yeah, well done to the recruitment team again there, getting a real player on our hands for 25 million plus Lamella who we wanted to move on anyway on because he was on big money. And very quickly, John, Le Celso, yay or nay? Where are you with Le Celso very quickly? Uh, I, I'm still a nay, I'm afraid. I mean, we're three seasons in now. This talk of yep. coming good. Well, when? You know, mm. it's not as though guy we've just got straight from Argentina and South American football. He played in La Liga for Real Betis. He played in Ligue 1 with PSG. So he played yep. around big players before. You know, this settling in period thing for me is run dry now. Uh, we spent yep. £45 million on the guy. I want to see more. I want to see more right now. You know, I don't mm. want to see these passive performances going through the motions giving away possession. He has moments and he's obviously got technical ability and quality, but I want to see it in a Tottenham shirt. I don't want to hear about, oh, he'd be amazing for someone else or he'd do this for someone else. Do it for us. You've had three yep. seasons. We've waited long enough. We've paid good money for you. I want to see something from you now. He's not half the player Ericsson was yep. um, because if he was, we'd be doing all right. You know, I would kill to have someone like Ericsson back. I really would. Of course. Yeah, of course. I totally agree. Um, just a kind of summary on this. Dane Scarlett, as we mentioned earlier, got a little draw at that Batiste back line. His third European start for Spurs. And he's, I think we've all discussed, you know, with Dane, he's still clearly trying to come to terms with a step up to senior football, maybe unfairly putting him in at this level, but um, very low up top for him in terms of chances created and um, did his work defensively with a couple of important blocks outside of his own area. 
Um, Dylan Marcan, he was given 15 minutes, but he couldn't make much of an impact. But he did become the first British Asian to play for the Tottenham first team, which, to be fair, um, in terms of positives tonight, that's maybe your only positive uh, of this potential game. Um, Nuno, after the game, says, uh, we had two games at home. We can still solve the situation in the group. I am not here to judge the players. I'm here to try and improve them. I thought that's what the manager does is judge the players. But I mean, listen, again, with, with Nuno, we, we, could be, we could be here all night. It's very, very early days, as Darren says, to keep the faith. Um, but we are going to go for our final break of the show for our listeners that are on audio. Um, taking you into this break, you're going to hear from Corey at West Ham Way and also Dom at West Ham Fan TV, not talking about Astra Gugu on this occasion. Um, like I say, We'll be back after this very short break for listeners and audio. Right, here we go again. Tottenham on Sunday. West Ham are inviting Spurs to the London Stadium. Listen, I'm looking forward to it. Of course I am. It's a, it's a big game. I know you lot over at Spurs seem to drive it as our cup final, but it's interesting. It definitely is, I think. You've obviously got the Europa Conference League. I won't rub it in too much. It's our first season in Europe. We, on the other hand, we've got the Europa League, and I think how those two teams can manage the squads ahead of Sunday is, is crucial. And when we've gone into a Premier League fixture after Europa League fixtures, one of the fixtures against Brentford was less so fatigue against Manchester United. I definitely would have said it was the case. And I think we cannot afford to switch off against Spurs. I know you've had an indifferent start to the season and a new nose gone between a 4-3-3 and obviously a 4-2-3-1 on Sunday. But just watching that Newcastle game, I think there are defensive frailties. But take that aside, when you've got Undombele, Lucas Moura, Son and Kane, You've got three fantastic ball carriers alongside well, probably one of the best strikers in Europe when he's on form. So I guess on that sense, talking about Kane and the threat that he can pose to West Ham, it's so crucial our defensive line are able to step back and Declan Rice and Thomas Suchek can offer protection against some of your ball carriers. I look at Undombele as well in terms of dealing with a player that, that Nuno in that game seemed to give a lot of license to, less so to press, get between the lines. West Ham have to switch on against him because he's creative. He'll carry the ball, as I've just touched on, but equally he'll link up with the other players as well. Now, for West Ham so far this season, we have tried to be a more progressive possession-based side. And I think against Everton's probably the best that I've seen West Ham in a possession sense, certainly in terms of the intensity. I would like us to play through the lines a little bit more. I think we can start some of our counters and our transitions a little bit more effectively through that. But I can't really lie. I think it's positive. We are still creating chances in those counters. We need to start taking them in fairness. I think Everton could have been a lot more comfortable than it ended up being. But West Ham are a different team these days, if I'm honest. Getting that goal from the set piece shows you that that we can remain competitive throughout the season and throughout games, even when they are tight. So I guess in terms of the form formation, even, I think Fabianski will start. There's been a bit of a debate amongst West Ham fans whether Ariola should get his start. I think Ariola will actually play in the Carabao Cup and the Europa League. So I can see Fabianski keeping his place. Right back's an interesting one. Ben Johnson came in against Everton, was absolutely fantastic. Athleticism reads the game very well, has got spot on positioning for a young lad. But actually, I think if Soufal is fit, he should come in. He knows the magnitude of the game. He's a consistent performer, if not one of our most consistent performers since he's joined the club. Centre-backs pick himself in Zuma and Ogbonna for me. Zuma's been a real quality addition alongside Ogbonna. You're looking at a player that's aggressive in the air, that's going to compete with Harry Kane, and I know Kane will drop deep at times. But I think if Tottenham want to play that ball from Hoiberg and try and get over our defensive line, it is on those two to deal with it and read the situation well. Creswell's interesting for me. He'll play left back, of course. How he'll double up on that left-hand side. I look at Emerson Royale as a player that West Ham can definitely get at. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. 
double pivot picks itself again, Rice and Suchek. Rice has been absolutely phenomenal this season, and I think you'll see that on Sunday. Not only is he a fantastic number six in terms of his defensive qualities, I think his passing has improved, his progression, him on the ball itself, and also through the passing. And I think his composure when he's getting into the final third areas makes him a real threat. And it allows West Ham to be a bit more of a threat in that transition. And I suppose it ties in a little bit with Thomas Suchek's role. On Sunday, we saw a return to the old dynamic. Rice is the six and Thomas Suchek is the eight. That's where it's positive. That's where I feel that West Ham needs to free up Thomas Suchek to get at Hoiberg, to get a skip, put pressure on them. We know that you're going to get Regri on further forward and Skip's going to drop into a back three. So again, trying to create and force a high turnover, maybe put pressure on someone like an Eric Dyer is going to give West Ham more opportunities. And I would like us to play like that rather than purely relying on the counter. Now, the attacking midfield three have been brilliant this season so far, as have a lot of our players. I'm going to go Benny, Ben Rama, down the middle as a number 10. You can have Jared Bowen on the right and Pablo Fornals on the left. Bowen is a player that has improved massively, I would say, since last season. I think in terms of progressing the ball, his feet, he's fantastic in central areas. I actually think he, he probably deserves a little bit more credit in terms of finding himself in the right positions, particularly in the overload as well. It's just composure in front of goal for Jared. And you look at that right-hand side, he is going to have to protect Soufal in particular from Reguillon. If Son's going to go on that left-hand side as well, you're going to have an overload over there. So Bowen's defensive qualities need to be on display. And then you look at the left-hand side with four nows and it, Fornals is a player that is loved by West Ham fans, not only because of what he can do on the ball, but particularly off the ball in terms of pressing. And I think West Ham can get at Spurs with a little bit of a high press and Fornals will be a major part of that. And he's also got the ability to link up and be part of the overload. And of course, Ben Rama improved massively again this season. And I think overall play defensively he's pressing the quality and the effectiveness of the pressing is better I think him getting in beyond and making those runs is what's allowed him to get the goals and assists so far this season and I think just in general his ability to drop deep at times allow us to build up the play and drive with the ball it is important and it's something that he's developed into his game and then of course you know who it is the big man Mikel Antonio up front now it'll be interesting to see whether Moyes plays him on Thursday and probably by the time this has gone out we'll, we'll know whether he's played or not I would like to rest him. I want him fully fit for this game. I look at Tottenham in particular with the centre-backs. I look at Callum Wilson's movement. And one thing about Mickey, we can talk about hold-up play, getting in beyond, peeling off to the left-hand side and carrying the ball. The one thing that's impressed me about him since he's become a number nine is the fact that he can get in between the spaces between centre-backs. And I just look at Eric Dyer, and I know Romero's come over and he's got a big potential about him and he's been fantastic in Serie A, but... This is a game, I think, for Mikel Antonio to get in between two of those. West Ham to build in the wide areas where I feel that there's going to be space and vulnerabilities and ultimately pick our moments and be defensive when we have to. Because just to end this, I think it is important that West Ham aren't naive in this game. It's easy to look at Tottenham and say, well, they've dipped under Nuno. They aren't the same team. They're, they're in transition themselves in terms of whether they want to be a high-press team or whether they want to be a possession-based side. It's so crucial that West Ham, in that sense, defend against the key threats, know that you've got quality players that, that can change the game at any moment. And I think if West Ham can manage that effectively, then we've got a real chance to win this game. That being said, I am going to go for 1-0 West Ham. I think we nick it. I think we do create chances. I think there's a few hairy moments, as there always tends to be against Tottenham. But I just feel West Ham's maturity in this game, the ability to, to deal with Spurs, a, a team that's now... Again, like I touched on, transitioning into a new team and a new identity, I think West Ham can take advantage of that. And that will, of course, all depend on how knackered we are from the Europa League. Fingers crossed we aren't. 
listen, thank you so much for joining me. Of course, I am on the West Ham way. Thank you to the last word on Spurs for having me. I would say take care, but I really want to win, so I won't. See you later, guys. Hello, everyone. It's Dom from West Ham Fan TV. I've been kindly asked to uh, give you a little segment on the um, last word on Spurs podcast in a preview for the uh, two teams meeting on Sunday. Big London derby ahead. But first, obviously... When I'm recording this, we've got both both in European action tonight. Uh, West Ham in the Europa League. Spurs flying the flag in the uh, new UEFA Europa Conference League. So um, let's get down to it, really. Um, Spurs have already announced, I saw going around on Twitter the other day, that they're taking a heavily rotated side out to Holland uh, to play Vitesse Arnhem, which... Really tells you that they they've got one eye on this game uh, against us on Sunday, which worries me a bit. Um, Tottenham aren't in the best of form. I know they won the last game, and uh, to be fair, I mean they are above us in the league. Um, they lost a few under Nuno Santo, but there uh, was a big win for Spurs on Sunday. Harry Kane got his first goal, um, which now worries me because. Uh, I've got a feeling that's going to set him off now. You know, he, he's got the goal to um, settle him down now and he may start firing like he usually does, especially against us. I think it's 10 goals in half a dozen appearances over the last uh, seven years since he's become a regular in the Spurs first team. Um, West Ham, obviously, us tonight uh, are in Europa League action against KRC Genk of Belgium. Um, I expect us to heavily rotate tonight because we're actually in a decent position in the group but I also want us to win the game so it puts daylight really and it pretty much gives us one foot in the um, next round hopefully put us on nine points six clear of Genk so um, but also I think Moisey's going to have one eye on um, Sunday's game and rightly so because you know we're, we're, it's not just a derby you know we're, we're relatively close in the table I think a win takes us above Spurs so There'll be changes for both teams in their European adventures tonight. Um, and then it all come down to the business on Sunday. So I, I think we'll probably make about eight changes tonight, which will predict me to say in goal for Sunday will be Fabianski. Uh, right back, um, it's unclear whether Sufa will be returning. I don't know as of yet. Um, if it won't be, it'll be Ben Johnson, who had a fine performance against Everton on Sunday as we beat him 1-0. Very, very solid player. Very young, very promising. Very, very, you know, looks looks like a duck to water playing in that role. Uh, Centre-backs uh, will be Zuma and Ogbonna. Uh, Ogbonna obviously getting the winning goal on Sunday against Everton. Zuma's impressed me so far. £29 million signing from Chelsea, where... He was a solid player for them. Bit of a coup, uh, I think. Won plenty of trophies there as well. So we've got a winner in a team if uh, we can exceed expectations any further. Uh, it'll be so it'll be him and Ogbonna. Uh, Creswell at left back. And I think it will be uh, another three midfield unless he decides to shuffle it around at the back in a back five, which he usually does away from home, but I can't see him doing it if we're the home team. Uh, so the three midfield, uh, the two holding midfielders, sorry, will be Declan Rice and Thomas Suchek. Thomas Suchek coming off and worse in a nasty challenge on Sunday against Everton. He's having surgery on his face, but he should be fit to play on Sunday. I hope so because he's a massive, massive player for us. He took a big, big knock, big beating in the um, 
fixture last season. He had another bloody face then, so he loves to get stuck in. And then, obviously, the unplayable, the unreplace, irreplaceable Declan Rice will be in midfield. That's a given. Uh, after the performance last Sunday, I've just started to wonder how much longer I can enjoy him because he's that good. I just can't see him staying at West Ham for much longer of his career. But anyway, that's that's for another that's for another matter. Uh, in the number 10 role, I expect will be Saeed Ben Rama. I heard Nikola Vlasic is starting uh, in the Europa League game tonight. So it leads me to believe that Ben Rama may be rested in preparation for Sunday's game. Uh, very, very influential player. Technically excellent. Very good on the ball. Makes things happen. He's going to cause Spurs a lot of problems, I think. On the right wing, very similar to Ben Rama. Very good on the ball. Causes a lot of problems. Loves a lot to cut in his left foot. Jared Bowen <clears throat> scored only one for us this season, but um, again, had a very, very big impact uh, on the team. Works hard, hardest working player in the team for me, without a shadow of a doubt. Chases every single ball, presses defenders, really unsettles them. Uh, I think he's going to have a uh, nice time on Sunday, if I'm being honest. I hope so anyway. And then on the left-hand side, we'll have Pablo Fornaus, um, another workhorse. Not the quickest for a left left midfielder, but again, ain't all just about pace, is it? You know, you've got to work hard, especially in the Premier League and especially in big games like this one. And then up front, Mikel Antonio, who absolutely loves a goal against Spurs, scored the winning goal in the uh, first match at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, scored uh, in the 2-1 win for us at the London Stadium last season. Uh, so pending he don't play and get injured tonight, we all know he, he's got terrible, terrible hamstring problems, but... If he's fit and firing for Sunday, I fancy us. I fancy us really. Spurs have got players that can hurt us, you know. Like Spurs aren't Spurs aren't their best at their best compared to previous years, like under Pochettino and and all that. But the the, the player that worries me the most is Hugmin Son. Um, you talk about Harry Kane and what a massive massive result it was for Spurs keeping hold of him in the summer. Um, great goal scorer is Harry Kane, but I think overall. All round, your best player is Hing Min Son, and he's the one that really, really, really worries me. I think if he's fit and firing, he could potentially lead Spurs to a to a victory. But I mean, it's going to be a cagey, cagey game. I think there may be some goals uh, shared between both teams. Um, it's just who gets it tactically spot on, and I think Moyes will just get the boys flying out the blocks early doors because. As you know, in recent seasons, we always raise our game against Spurs, especially when we're under a good manager and are doing well in the league. So it's going to be a very, very fiery game. Atmosphere is going to be bouncing. Um, if we can just unsettle Spurs and bully them, I think I think the uh, way to beat Tottenham is going to be bully them, unsettle them. And I think we're very good at that under Moyes, pressing teams, making them have to work for a win. And... Uh, from what I've seen of Spurs lately, they're a side that doesn't really, um, that cannot really handle that. But, you know, I hope I'm right. I don't want this to bite me on the arse, but this is just a prediction. What will be, will be Sunday. Uh, my predicted scoreline is West Ham United 3, Tottenham Hotspur 1. I'm quite confident. If we see how tonight goes, if we don't get any major, major injuries, I'll stick with that. If we do, uh, I'll probably... Uh, <laughs> Ask you to think about editing it out, but no, me joking. But yeah, um, all the best with the game on Sunday, but not too much. Come on, you irons, guys! It's West Ham time. It is the West Ham Cup final. 
Um, Darren is a cheeky grin in your face. So I think it's only right we start with you. Um, at the moment, just a point and two places separating Spurs and West Ham. West Ham in seventh, Tottenham in fifth, respectively, ahead of the weekend's clash. As we know, the Hammers won this fixture last season by two goals to one. And I think we're expecting yet another competitive 90 minutes between the two sides. I feel this is actually a massive game for Nuno um, because there's certain games where you can't afford to get beat. Arsenal's one of them. This one's become another one now, West Ham. And what's your thoughts going into this game against West Ham at the weekend, bearing in mind this result during the week? I think this game is always very important because for me, it's West Ham's cup final. Like, of London derbies, like, I feel that they are so up for it against us. And I'm like, all right, guys, easy, easy. But they're so up for it. And I think the Arsenal game showed that when our mentalities isn't right and the system isn't right, we look a hot mess. Today, we looked at players who weren't up for it and the performance is a hot mess. The last two games, we've shown something. We're starting to see a performance. We're starting to see a system. If that is implemented against West Ham, we should beat them. West Ham are playing well, but if everybody does the job that they can do, we should beat this. We should beat them. However, it's going to be about the mentality. If Nombele goes missing, we're in trouble. We're absolutely in trouble. If if he has a game where he decides, I don't want to play today, guys, I'm just going to wander around, we're going to be in a big problem. And I think that's the game where he needs to go. I think playing him 90 minutes, the last game, a lot of people question, oh, why didn't Nuno make any subs? That was what he needed to do. He said, there's your 90 minutes. You can do it. When you were puffing, you can push through. Well done. You've got 90 minutes in you. Now show it to me again. You've had a week of getting the system right. Let's go there. Let's have our game. Let's go and get it. And I think, me, I'm going there full optimism. I'm looking a free. I'm, I'm looking... Nah, I'm going to put a score in it. I'm going to say 2-1. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put a score in it. 2-1 Spurs. Have it. Don't let me down. Darren's got on the, the score prediction. Absolutely love it. Um, Jar, coming around to you. West Ham, um, they won 3-0 in their Europa League fixture tonight. Uh, that means for them, they've uh, got nine points out of a possible nine. A really strong start to the group for them in that Europa League. But um, quite interestingly, they've actually been beaten at home in both of the two Premier League games that they've played immediately following Europa League action three days previous to that. So we hope that trend will continue. Uh, how confident are you, Jar, going into this game? Any nerves at all? Bearing in mind, we saw obviously that display against Arsenal, the Palace, the Chelsea London derbies. This again is another massive game for Nuno, isn't it? I think Jar is actually starstruck by that question. Oh, um, oh sorry. Yeah, it was, it, it, it's freezing up. Sorry, mate. You, right, we, the, we, the, might, the, we might the, do that on but, uh, but it's, it's now working. It's now working. My, well, my head, sorry, my head tells me um, they will come out the traps West Ham and they will batter us and we'll freeze and it will be 3-0. Something like that, three really? one. Sonic get a late consolation. That's what my head tells me. Mm. My heart tells me, and and Betty will show up. Will show up. Skip and Holby will be absolutely determined. Yeah, and they'll get in and about West Ham. And uh, you know, Nuno will say, you know, somebody will, somebody in the dressing room should say, you know, Moyes will be laughing, saying all these they got to do is get amongst us today. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna so wilt. Yeah. We're gonna fold. We're gonna melt today. Are we going to melt? No! Let's get out there, you know? And that's what my heart tells me. And yeah. the end and belly will give a masterclass. Oh, yeah? I hope so. You know, yeah. he'll give a masterclass. Yeah. You know, and Harry, Harry's back on form again. And we'll, and so I'll go with West Ham United 1, Tottenham Hotspur 3. That's the, my heart talking. The all right. These, my head tells me through Nilton and then, but there you go. You know. <laughs> Don't listen to your head, Jay. Yeah. It's a bad thing. Don't listen to the head, John. Don't listen to the head. Um, John, let's come around to you. I know that for you, this is one of the games that you do look 
look forward to uh, anyone that's West Ham listening to this. Um, that's not to say it's, it's your, it is our cup final here, just to be clear. It's an important game for the fans, John. I and mean, you look at the case this season where, um, as we discussed, you know, defeats to Palace, to Chelsea, to Arsenal. I don't think Nuno can afford to, you know, have a bad performance here. We need to go and get some form of positive result. And we know that West Ham will be sweating on the fitness of the Czech duo, Thomas Suchek and Vladimir Kufal, um, with both injury doubts. Whilst we know Mark Noble and Ryan Fredericks, they're both going to be facing late fitness tests. How important, John, is our attitude going into this one? Because I think we all know, this is what frustrated me about the Newcastle game at the weekend. Anyone could tell you, Newcastle have just been taken over. The fans are going ballistic. Everyone knew that start was going to happen. Everyone knew Newcastle were going to fly out the blocks. And it's almost as if we read the script and we started the game for them the way they wanted it. It was just bizarre. So how important is that attitude going in from minute one for you? Yeah, as a touch point, West Ham is always a massive game because, in effect, West Ham don't play their real rivals. Their real rivals are Millwall. They don't get an opportunity to play them in league games. They've built up this, you know, rivalry with us, in effect. And it makes it very difficult for us. It means three times a season now, we're somebody's biggest rivals. We go down to Stamford Bridge, they hate us, sing about us for 90 minutes. Win the Champions League, they sing about us. Arsenal hate us, and rightly so. You know, they are our proper rivals. And West Ham, and West Ham has become a bit of a Essex versus Hertfordshire, Tottenham-West Ham rivalry going on there. And, um, you know, look, it's always hot down at West Ham. I used to, it was my favourite ground, actually, Upton Park, the old Upton Park, the atmosphere, that you had them above you, that side and that side, they were right on top of you, atmosphere-wise. It was a great little stadium, Upton Park, and I used to love going down there. And a number of last-minute Tottenham winners there were absolutely sensational. So, yeah, West Ham were always a good atmosphere, big, you know, ferocious derby. Um, they'll be bang on it. I think West Ham, fair play to them. They've recruited exceptionally well. The two lads you mentioned, Kufau and Suchek, very underrated players, walking to most Premier League teams, actually. Kufau, solid 7 out of 10 right back every game. Suchek controls the midfield, pops up with vital goals. I don't know what more you want. He's got a really good physique about him and frame and good attitude as well. Um, and their other signings, I mean, I don't remember the last bad signing they've made. The likes of Fournells have settled now and become a very good player. Uh, they've got Michael Antonio leading the line very well. Declan Rice in the midfield, as you mentioned. Kurt Zuma Dawson, finding this summer on the back of the Champions League well. Chelsea. Dawson's um, been huge him as well, yeah. Yeah, Craig, Craig Dawson, who came in on loan as a kind of joke figure and immediately demanded the respect of the squad. And then the biggest praise, actually, has to go to David Moyes. This was a guy who was written off as some kind of meme after his spell at Manchester United, but actually did outstanding work at Everton, getting them into the Champions League and building them up as a squad. Done outstanding work mm. again at West Ham now. Um, you know, they've not really had European football before, apart from their shambolic, you know, qualifying dis- uh, defeat. Um, and then they've now established themselves. So... Huge credit has to go to David Moyes, actually, more than anything else. And they'll be bang up for this. They know what it means to play Tottenham. Their fans let them know what it means from minute one. They'll be drilling it into them. The coaching staff this week on the training ground, how much they don't like us. And, you know, they'll see us still as a scalp, you know, to get one over of us. Gives them something big for their season ahead, West Ham. So we're in for a lot of passion, a lot of being under the cosh from minute one. And it's how we defend against that. And it's how we come back into the game. And I think our key player, actually, on Sunday is going to be Oliver Skiff. It's going to be how he builds upon how well he's settled into this Tottenham team in that atmosphere. It's going to be Skip and Hoybier up against Suchek and Rice. That's a really good midfield battle there. And if our two come out on top, we should win the game because I think if we can get on top of that midfield and yep. create the chances for like that's, yeah, that's where That's where it'd be won. That's you're quite right. Yeah, 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 midfield. And then you're yeah. going to have Sun yeah. and Harry Kane who've got, both got good records scoring at the London Stadium, actually. Both yeah. like a goal against West Ham. I think Harry after his goal against Newcastle will want to score again. He scored yep. some good goals down at that stadium already and I back him to do it again. I think it's going to be a very, very tight game. I'm going to go over a 1-1 draw with Harry Kane to get our goal. And I think yeah. a 1-1 draw will be fine. Last season, look, last season we played West Ham away, played Man United at home, we got zero points. 
right? If we get something from these games and it's an improvement, we're already six points up on the corresponding fixtures from last year. And that's not including what we weren't in the league last year. So we're doing fine under Nuno. And mm. I'll take a point in this game. I know people are going to say, oh, we've rested players and it's West Ham, blah, blah. Forget what you thought about West Ham. Good side. Yeah, it's a good side. It's yeah, a good I, West Ham side. Yeah, and I, and I think for Nuno, guys, I don't know if you agree, I just think Nuno needs to get something here because of the nature of the Palace, the Chelsea, the Arsenal results. That's three London derbies, a fourth London derby with a negative result. Those fans that aren't behind Nuno, that's going to be very that's hard. That's right. Yeah, yeah he, he mm. needs to get something. Mm. Um, finally, guys, to wrap up, um, just a yes or no on this. Spurs currently sit third in this Europa Conference League group. And that pains me to say Europa Conference League. Like, you know, I keep saying, I've gone, I keep saying Europa League. I, I can't, I can't actually mentally take into the fact this Conference League idea that we're a conference level team, but uh, such is life as a Spurs fan. Um, Jar, in your opinion, yes or no, will Spurs progress in this Conference League group? Yeah, they win their they win their home games, but okay. but it worries me at what price Harry Kane yeah. does his ankle or something like that. You know, yeah. you know, yeah. Darren, we qualify in this group. Yes, we are. Okay. <laughs> you know, that was the most. Bear in mind, you've been so enthusiastic tonight. That was the most unenthusiastic. Yes, we are. As in, say, oh, because. Yeah, I agree with Jar. I feel that there could be a problem in progressing. Yeah. Because of what we've done now, what yeah, price, I feel yeah. it's going to come at a cost. And we'll get it. It's a measure of the club. We have to play our, we'll have to play our best players to go through in a Sunday league team, to go yeah. in a Sunday league competition. Yeah. That tells you what you need to know about our recruitment the last few years. That's well, what it cost us you. league points you know? because they won't be ready mm-hmm. to play a league game. It's just, yeah, yeah. what what expense. Yeah, we only, yeah. We only, discuss, we only yeah. discuss the recruitment every every other week. So uh, I, t- <laughs> I totally agree with you on that, Jar. Uh, John, just to finish with you, Spurs, are we qualifying in this Europa Conference League group? Yeah, we're not just qualifying. We'll top this group as well. I'm quite confident we've played the two hardest teams away from home now. Um, yeah. Mora, I don't rate at all. I believe we'll comfortably go there and run them over with the same team we put out tonight. And then the two, I think it'll come down to that last game against Ren at home. I think both teams will have the chance to basically win and go top. And if you do win, I believe you miss out a two-legged next round you basically okay. skip around so it is vital to win that game actually and if we right. have to put our strongest players out to skip two matches then it's worth doing against Ren in the final game so I think we'll beat Vitesse at home next time look yeah. they beat us tonight but at home with the fans mm-hmm. behind us I don't see Vitesse you know troubling us too much then we'll go to Mora beat them and then it will come down to that decider against Ren and if we have to play our first team in that one to avoid a two-legged knockout it's worth it so yeah we'll top the group as well I'm sure of it Perfect. Okay, great. Uh, John, just to finish and just to finish some plugging here, John, um, obviously great that we've got you on. I know you've got to see the Lily White Rose pod um, in terms of the youth. When can we next see that next episode coming out, John? Yeah, I'll be getting an episode over the weekend. I was saving it actually for tonight's game. I was hoping a few more of our younger players would be involved so I could talk yep. about their performances and their evolution over the season so far. So yep. yeah, I'm really enjoying doing the pod at the moment. It's just sort of covering the, the young and players at the club, the under-18s, under-23s, international call-ups, and any exclusive transfer news I hear about those particular age groups. So, yeah, it's been really well received so far. So, thanks so much, guys. And, uh, yeah, we'll be dropping an episode over the weekend. Fantastic. Like I say, check that out at Lily White underscore Rose. Um, Darren, anything to plug? Anything coming up we should be keeping our eyes on with you? Uh, the Pirates movie. Reggie Yates' new film. I'll be in the cinemas on um, 26th of November. Check that out. Nice. We're all going there. We're all going to turn up. We're going we're to skip this conference league off. We're all coming here instead. All, 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 all hundreds of us. Right, uh, let's come over to you. Let's go over to you, Joe. Joe, I think we should be keeping our eye on with you. Always busy. Always got yeah, I'm back. Always got records coming out, and I've got a tour in the new year. We've got a big tour starting, please God. Fantastic. So, 
yeah, there's always stuff going on. But I'm always, but Tottenham yeah. sadly take all my focus, which is very sad. <laughs> To be honest, uh, you know. depends how you view that. Any cup winner songs lined up at all, Jar? For the we're still in three, well, still in four competitions. Are there any chances? Any quadruple songs? Oh, there's go on, go on. Um, you know, digital Spotify, uh, Tottenham always in my heart. There's I've done me Tottenham song. We'll be there. We'll, we'll be listening to that again as we uh, reach that Europa Conference League final. Get that in the background. We'll get that trending to number one on Spotify. Let's get Tottenham in our heart trending. Let me see my well, wonderful thanks to our great panel for tonight. Um, to John. John, thank you so much. Always a pleasure having you on. Thank you. Lovely to share a panel with you guys this evening. Unfortunately, it wasn't better circumstances, but next time it will be. Fantastic. Yeah. Wonderful John winning there. Darren Hart. Darren always bringing the therapy. Second time in a row. Darren, you're due a win, mate. We're going to make it happen, I promise you. I'll make it happen. We're going to will it. We're going to will yeah, it on. Yeah, yeah, Guys, yeah, all the best. Yeah. <laughs> and Jar, apologies, mate, for making your debut on a night like this. But No, you, but you've cheered me up. Thanks, lads. I've enjoyed it. You're a good bunch of fellas. Thank you. Better times ahead, Jar. Hopefully we'll get you back on the show very, very soon. Well, I say there from John, from Darren, from Jar and myself, guys, most importantly, keep safe, keep well. On to West Ham we go. And as up always... The, up the Spurs. Take it away by the wonderful Jar Wobble. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.